So we won't post it if people are uncomfortable, but it, maybe it could just be just between us, a kind of a family talk. Um, I was listening to, I want to start the message by saying, I was listening to um, something and um, I, got a, I got a call um, from someone about the Psalms 37 thing. Um, and what I shared was the scripture says, when you stumble, you won't fall in NIV. God will hold you up with his hand. And they felt, but in the other translation said, if you fall, you will not be ultimately cast down. So the concern was still the term fall is in the other translations, but utterly cast down. So I, I, I thought about it and right away my mind said, well, what are people hearing? Because of course I, I look at the word and I study the word through and I look at what the word means. And um, you know, fall or when it, when it says in the NIV, you, you will stumble. And then in the King James, other translations says, though you fall, there's a, there's a clear um, di distinction. Fall versus stumble that the NIV shared is not different from fall, though you fall, you will not be utterly cast down. Um, so I said, that I don't think people are walking around thinking that I meant literally in the physical sense, you will never trip and fall down. I, 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 I don't think nobody, did you take it that way? Like you would never trip walking down the street and fall or you never, you know, ever just never going to fall, never going to hit the ground fall. Um, this is coming from a spiritual sense and the spiritual sense is falling. Like if you fall, you won't hit the ground. That's still saying utterly cast down. Um, that word meant to be bottom out, to be broken, to be de depressed, meaning it's still the, 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 the clarification is even if you stumble or fall or begin to fall, like Peter beginning to sink, he'll put his hand under you so that you don't, hit, you don't feel or get crushed or broken under impact or in impact. He'll hold you up and keep you from um, being crushed. And I want to make sure I was very or, or, or really hurt or hurt by the situation. You, will, you can fall without hitting the ground. You can fall and I can catch you just naturally. So I want to make sure nobody was under the impression I was saying, oh, you're never going to trip ever. You never, you know, he says, you won't bottom out. Did, did I clear that up? Did anybody think I was saying, no, never in life ever, you will never make a mistake and you will never trip and you will never. Okay. I, I just want to be sure because you know, when somebody asks me a question, I always have to make sure, well, I want to make sure I'm sending the message across to other people in a way that they're getting it right. In this world, there is tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Well, what does that mean? Exactly what it says. You, you go, there's tribulation and it will come to you. But the overcoming power is in me, the Lord says. And if you trust me, you overcome it. Um, 
I never want to be confused for saying you will never go through anything in life when you serve the Lord. What I'm saying is you have the overcoming power that you don't have to stay in it. You don't have to ask a lot of things I've been taught through my church life, go through it, you know, for five, 10, 15 years while you're waiting for the Lord to someday bring you out. Um, God's plan is that you live above the evil in this world. He said that. I don't pray that you take them out of this world, but that they may live above the evil in it. So it's there. It comes. The wicked one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If we stop right there, we're screwed. But then he goes and say, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So in every situation, in every fall, in every stumble, in every mistake, there's the options. Door one, door two. Life and life more abundantly or kill, still destroy. Um, so I know I may be over explaining, but I'm I really I'm very careful to make sure that what I'm teaching, that it's balanced. Um, with that said, today what I really wanted to do is kind of hear your hearts on what you've learned so far in um, the message that we've been doing. Um, and I want to know how high or what has changed or what has helped you in this process. And if you don't, I hope you feel comfortable sharing. It's not a lot of us, but it's important, me, important to me to know what you're learning, what you're getting and how it's working. Yes, you may um, ask to unmute and share. And yes, we would normally do this in, in church um, before we would actually do that. It's gonna be a long, quiet message if nobody don't speak. Nobody speaks. Nobody don't speak is double negative. That's bad English. Jerrica? Go ahead, Jerrica. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I hope you can hear me good. Um, I'll say uh, for me, um, learning and understanding uh, freedom. Um, for me, I had... Um, previously had gone through depression and when the, I distinctly remember the message about saying getting up, getting up from that place, right? Um, hearing that, it echoed every day that week. I meditated on that, read that, my notes from the sermon, like almost every day. And it kept me going whenever I, not, I guess we say, whenever I would feel like the enemy would try to taunt me or some depressive thoughts would come back, 
I had that. So get up, get up. And I just kept getting up. Um, even if that was some days, it was every minute, every hour, you know, and it's sustaining me. And to the point when it became my norm that I didn't necessarily have to say get up, it, I automatically switched and did it, you know. It, I had meditated on it so much, it was my norm now. Um, and also about the, the stumbling, you know, it was very key because even when I, if I made a mistake or if I had allowed something to get in my spirit, I knew that, okay, God's going to hold me up. Like, all right, somehow some encouragement. Lindsay would send me a text and it was like, oh my God, how did she know? She wouldn't know that. But it was just like, when I had a moment, if I felt down, something came like, a text message, I saw something or whatever. And it was just like, God really held me up. And it was just like, literally it's stuff is, it's real and it's being applied. I'm taking this stuff and I'm literally applying it every single day, every single week. Um, so how high is free is I'm, I'm walking out this freedom. I'm like, I'm literally walking it out. Um, so it, it, it is real. It, it works. So, Yeah. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. That was a blessing. I'm sure other people um, are probably clapping beneath. But yeah, that's what I need to know. I want to know that it makes a difference. And thank you for sharing that. That that means a lot to me right there. That yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing this to help you. And the thing that you guys know about me is I share with you the revelations as I'm walking through them. I don't try to come to you like I'm a you know, it's, they, it's something they keep saying whenever they introduce me to do DEI. They keep calling me a DEI professional. I don't like that term at all. Um, I like practitioner because I'm practicing. And I feel like in ministry, I'm a practitioner. Um, I am not finished. I'm learning it. I'm walking through the steps. I'm learning with you. And I'm teaching you as I'm learning. So um, thank you so much for sharing that, Jerrica. That was a blessing and it, and it blessed my heart. Someone else? Okay, I saw Celine's hand go up and I saw Nelly's hand go up. I don't know whose hand went up first, but um, I'll go in the order of my screen. Celine, go ahead. Yes. Um, for me, it's been just, first of all, simply the asking the question of how high is free. Um, something that I realized I, I wasn't thinking about or thinking about anymore, maybe taking it for granted. Yes, we were made free, but in practice, in my life, how free am I really? And so that's been like kind of the searching and realizing that I wasn't free in many areas. Um, so just going back, that freedom has been really going back to uh, to God, you know, the, the whole world, world about delighting in the Lord and sewing up. That's really what the, the freedom that I got from the messages where the freedom to have that relationship with God and to really focus and go back to, to him. You know, so again, sewing up and, and just um, doing things for him and focusing on my relationship with him. So not, not in, in um, you know, thinking about, 
just I would say, you know, asking him all these things when you talked about favor, you know, just to favor God, to make it a to make him a priority and to have that freedom of not just being bound by, oh, today I need, you know, this thing to happen at work or I need to have this thing happen in my life. It just goes back to, okay, God, that's going to be you and me. And, and that's the, there is freedom in there, no matter what, you know, um, how, other people, uh, whatever other people' um, relationship is with you, it's really going to be about you and the freedom that I have to be with you and praise you and have my relationship with you. So that's um, that's been that's been really a, a focus and and really you know what I've been doing for the past um, you know for the past few weeks um, and and again also relying on him in the sense of like understanding that he's doing the, all all the things within me not wanting to always like, you know, even my mind, just uh, thinking this is what I will need to do, but it's just like leaving him the control and, and just uh, having him do this work that he will complete in me. So, uh, and trusting that he will do that. So that's been very, yeah, just, just be really a, a huge, um, a huge relief. And, and the final thing I would say is um, in terms of, um, you know, faith without works is dead. Uh, that was a huge reminder um, of, yes, to take actions, you know, because there is no way it can lead me anywhere if I stay at the, at the same place. So that, that was something that um, I was doing without reali realizing it. Um, so that's been, you know, also something that, um, that really just helped me in just, uh, you know, steering things up, back again, you know, just uh, to know that, um, he leads me is always here for me and 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 that freedom in knowing it so that's been um that's been that's been a really really good and sorry the very last thing is that there was no confusion in terms of um um you know the the fact that it doesn't let us fall or you know fail it was the way i was picturing you know the stumbling where it's for the, from a positional place. So that you fall or you stumble, it's a temporary thing. It's never something that where you're in, in that specific position and you stay there, you know, it's, it's always temporary. So that's how I was seeing it, you know, even the fall, because I did have, you know, obviously the, um, the different version, but it's just even when you fall, it's not a place where you stay there. It's just something that is temporary and you move on to the next the next thing because God is lifting you up and not let you at in that um I guess down place. So that's um that's that was also um great. I mean to just you know being rem remembered or reminded of that. I'm gonna make one correction to that and I'm gonna go back to the point and that's what the, the conversation was with the other person. See God will let you fall but he won't let you stay there. And 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 that's what I'm debating. No, not true. He says, if you fall, he will put his hand under you and keep you from the impact. So it's not like you fall, but he let, doesn't let you stay there. He pulls you up. He's saying, no, I'm not letting you. If you fall, you won't taste the concrete. I will put my hand under you and hold you up. I will lift you up to keep you from feeling. When the world falls, the world's supposed to feel impact. When we fall, he's saying, no, I, I put my hand there to keep you from feeling the utterly cast down, the blow of the stumble. And that's why the translation, though you stumble, makes more sense. 
because he's saying the falling is in the process, but the catching is God's job if you delight in him. If you trust him, he says, I won't let you hit rock bottom. I won't let you be down, not even for a minute. I'll put my hand on you and catch you. If you have a child and you see your child falling, a little child that's learning how to walk, you're standing there already with your hands out as they're taking them steps, trying to keep them from hitting the ground. You're not going to say, well, let them hit the ground. I'll pick them up. They may blood their nose, but they'll be all right. No, if you're a good parent, you catching them before they fall. And this is, this is the description that that word is given. I'm not here to let you hit the ground. I'm here to put my hand under you and hold you up. So that's the, that's the picture I wanted to paint. And I'm still painting that picture. I'm not deviating from that. It's, it's, it's a fall that, has, that he wants to, if you delight him, keep you from feeling the impact of it. But yes. Thank you. Yeah, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it moving. Miss Harvey, I know you have something. I'm still mulling in my mind. Okay. I'll circle back around if I get something concrete. Okay, perfect. Or it's going to be a message of a lot of silence. (laughs) I'm not saving you today. Nelly, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nelly. I'm just really thankful that, you know, we have these messages because the, uh, for me, the biggest change has been thinking in seeing God who he really is um, in the, the positive to help you um, because a scripture like that before I would read that and understand it to mean I will fall, but it's going to make me stronger and the falls are necessary for me to learn something. And that was my old thought process. But now, you know, through these teachings is, Help me to see the truth about who God is, is that um, we don't have to go through, you know, hardship. You know, he's a loving father. He's trying to catch you and to protect you um, if we allow him to do it and we understand who he really is. Um, so seeing God in that light, it really transformed my life. And even as I will listen to other uh, pastors and preachers talk, if they try to go to the suffering route of falling for you to get hurt and you have to learn that way, I can really say, all right, I don't believe that anymore. Um, and it, it's really not that way. So I'm happy we have this foundation so that now every time that I read the scripture, I could have that in my mind to say, okay, no, you know, he's there to, to, to catch us from that particular scripture. So just seeing God as my father that loves me, he's protected me. And now when I look back at my life, Every time I went through something, he was there to, to undergird, to protect me. And I didn't have to fall on my face, even though I went through many different things. So I could see it from a whole different angle now because of uh, what we've been learning here. That's it. There's a um, verse. I'm trying to look it up as you're talking. 
Um, it's a psalm. One of you guys, you can find it for me. I'd appreciate it. I thought it was in Psalms 10. But it says, no evil misfortune or calamity should befall the righteous. No evil misfortune or calamity should befall the righteous. But we would be protected by him. Well, evil, misfortune, and calamity have befallen me many times in my life. Somebody put up Proverbs 12, 21 through 24. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Angie, Angie, and I miss you. Okay, read it, Ange. Okay, give me one second. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 12. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. So now let's look at that. And the amplifier says, there shall be no mischief that happened to the righteous but the wicked shall be filled with evil. I'm trying to look at where the one where it says no, no misfortune or calamity. Let me see if that's the regular amplified. But here's the point I'm making. We can go through them, but here's the point. You know, by my stripes you are healed and made whole. All these scriptures exist. We treat them like sayings. We treat them like yeah, well, you know, the Bible says that, but it's not really legitimately what he means it's because it happens every day. So we found it in Amplified, the Amp version. Okay. Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. No actual evil, misfortune, or calamity shall come upon the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil, misfortune, and calamity. Bam. There it is. I'm bringing up these scriptures to make a point. And thank you, Angie. What we've accepted versus what God wants us to have. I think his word is literal. How many of you believe that? Do you believe he means what he says? Then we are accepting a bunch of junk that we're not supposed to. So if he says you will fall, but I will cushion you with my hand, you will not be utterly cast down. You know, we said, well, you're going to fall and you got to go through stuff, but it'll make you better. As well. And he's saying to you, okay, my plan for you, let me take it back to earlier scripture. I mean, a New Testament scripture. Behold the birds of the air. They toil not, neither do they spin or work or store in bonds and all of this. Yet your heavenly father feeds them every day. 
Are you not much better? Most of us have to say, no, we're not. Because we store in bonds and we struggle to pay the bills and we run around every day seeing how we want to get our needs met. And we are not being fed every day like the birds of the air. We not meaning me because I am. But, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant, I figured that out and I stand on that. And I've been standing on that for 20 years straight and I've never missed a meal yet. Matter of fact, I had too many meals for a while and that's why I had to do something about it. But my point is, you and I know that we are living beneath the privileges of the promises of God. And we're taking our daily experiences like a lot of pastors do. And they'll say, well, because we don't see it working for us in that level of excellence. Are you listening to me? Let's come up with a different way to spin it that makes it fit into our world. Well, you're going to have to go through something. But, you know, even in those things, God is going to make a way. True. And according to your faith, be it unto you. But I'm asking you, saints, to believe what the word says and expect what it promises on the level in which he promises it. Is that a little scary? Yeah. Is the enemy going to give you some pushback and not and try to make you not receive that? Yeah, of course. He's not going to just lay down and just say, okay, I'm just going to stand back and, and let them have everything God says belongs to them. He's the accuser of the brother. He's a lie. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's going to try to steal that from you. Well, he did, listen, thank you, Lord. I didn't even think about that. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. What is the first thing the devil said to the woman when he tempted her? Who knows? You're muted, um, Jerrica, if you're talking. Uh, did he say, um, is that really what God really said? Did God really say that? Is that what he really said? That has not changed. You, you may stumble, but you will never fall. But did he really mean never fall? The righteous forsaken, the seed never begging, never, never forsaken, the seed. But did he really mean never begging bread? Really? No misfortune, calamity, or evil should come upon the righteous. But did he really mean never come on you? Oh, I hope I'm speaking to you. And we live out of a gospel. I'm getting emotional. From, that's been preached to us through religion and through church that says, has God really said? Are those promises that we say are all yay and amen, are those promises really real? Does God really not want you to ever Suffer, feel pain, lack, have sickness. Did he really mean that? I submit this to you today, saints. That has God really said is the first lie of the devil. I never saw that to God, just showed that to me right now. 
has he really promised that? Are you really above only and not beneath the head and not the tail? Are you really, has he really said that? If you should speak to this mountain, say, beat out, remove, and not down your heart, but believe the things you said, so come to pass, you should have whatsoever. Did he, but did he literally really mean that? Talk to me, saints. Wow. So, um, you know, Pastor, everything that you're saying right now, it, it resonates so true for me. And when I think about how high is free, there's a price to that. Um, many of you know, um, I left Pennsylvania area uh, quite a few years ago. And till this day, even in the hometown of my birth where I have roots, I do not have a place of fellowship that I will go. Because the dominant gospel preaching that's out there resonates in that very thing, has God really said. And that is not what I have been taught as a member of Promised Land Church Outreach. And is it a cost? Absolutely, because I don't get to fulfill the scripture of going into, you know, a church building and, you know, fellowshipping with the saints. I do not because I am in total protect mode of what I've been taught and that the word of God is true. And in that scripture, uh, Psalms 37, I think it's the, uh, the third verse, it says, trust in the Lord. If you really don't know him, then you're going to fit your gospel and your expectations, you know, into the level of faith that you can exercise. And when people who are in leadership are leading people, that influences you. So the, the price of truth and trust in God is high, but it's worth it if you know, you know, where you're supposed to be in the world. It's worth it if you know what you're supposed to be doing in the world. It's worth it if you really take the time to meditate on what you've learned, it's, which is how I've survived, and how I continue to survive over these years, because I remember the words um, that's been, you know, preached. I remember those sermons, you know, I, I meditate on that because it's my lifeline. So, you know, what we have here is is a gem because we don't have the escape plan. We don't have, you know, the word that says, oh yeah, well, did God really said? And okay, stay, stay in that mess, teacher, and stew in that. We don't have that kind of word that, we, that we're being taught. And it's so valuable. And I would encourage everyone to hold on to it, meditate on it, share it wherever you are, but don't forsake it. No matter what you do, do not forsake it. Even when you're living in a world that should be familiar to you, but you're really in a place of aloneness. And that, that is my reality. Amen. Amen. And not only to, to add to what you said, D, not only that, but demand your right to it. And that's the place I am in my life right now. Once again, demand your right to it. Do not take no for an answer. If that's what's, if you know what's in your bank account, and you go to your bank and you say, okay, I come to withdraw $2,000. And they say, nope, you only got one. No, I got five. I know I got five. You and I just go, oh, well, okay, well, maybe, maybe I really don't. You were like, oh, I, no, I, let me talk to the manager. Let me talk to the supervisor. Let me talk to the CEO. Let me talk to the security. Let me, I need to talk to everybody. You're not telling me that what I know is in there 
I can't have, that's mine. And where I am right now and in the word is right there. You can't tell me that, that I'll die fighting for it. You can't tell me that what God promised me in the word that I can't have it. You can't tell me that. Most of my life, I lived that has God really said gospel. Most of my life, I fought it and I kicked against it, but after a while I get tired and go, well, nobody's saying it but me and few other people. So maybe I am being ridiculous. I'm not being ridiculous. It's a promise. If I'm going to get it, okay, then I'll say that I didn't have the faith to receive it. But I'm never going to say again that that's not what God wants for me. I'm not going to let anybody else convince me that that's not what God wants for me. He wants for you everything his word promises you as his child. Do you understand that? He wants everything his word promises for you. That everything you put your hands to shall prosper. He wants that for us. If we're not walking in it, then we need to make the adjustment. We need to find out, God, well, where do I need to be in my spirit so that I can receive everything your word said? I'm not saying I've obtained this, but forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm pressing forward to the mark of the high calling. I'm refusing to let anyone in anything, and as Dietrich just said in a different way, even starting to remove people from my life that try to hinder me from being everything God has called me to. As people that have been around me that I love with my heart, but they try to keep me from being where God called me to be, I got to move without them. Don't hate you. Don't have no animosity. You just can't go any further with me because you're trying to keep me here. And I can't stay here. The calling of God has been on me. And you guys remember when I started talking about it years ago, like I couldn't sleep at night. I kept waking up in the middle of the night, trembling and shaking because destiny was calling me. But I'm telling you this, and I'm, I'm like, I'm right at, you know, I'm, I'm holding myself together. I decided not to live any longer in this, this place. The enemy said to me when I was poor and we were homeless, and this is before probably any of you knew me. Um, I was believing for this house and I was walking around it and praying and believing. And we were homeless. We didn't have anything. All our stuff was in storage, whatever didn't get taken by the masters and, and my family, it's broken apart. Just, it was just a mess. But I was holding on, I was believing. And I had been in lack and suffering for so long that hearing these stories about how God delivers and how God blesses, and I would be listening to Kenneth Copeland telling these phenomenal stories about how he went to Oral Roberts University and Oral Roberts just walked out to him and said, you're the man I've been looking for. And, and come on in, you go to work. And all these like stories that didn't resonate to me on any level because I had no God testimony that I could point to that looked anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? All I knew my whole life was poverty. So I was just really believing fairy tales. I was believing stories, but I had nothing else and I believed. And I remember this day, I was walking around, lost everything, started believing God, lost the apartment I did have, lost my job, lost everything. Family, lost my family. My family had to go live with other family. I just remember this just everything that could go wrong went wrong. Angela's family was talking all kind of garbage about me to my kids. It was just like you couldn't get any lower. 
And I remember this day I was walking around this house and claiming. And I heard the enemy speak to me. And I never heard the enemy speak to me this clear before, but he spoke. And he said to me, okay, okay, stop this right now. And I promise you, I'll never harass you again and make you go through the hurt and struggles that you're going through. I'll back off, you'll get your job, you'll be able to do what you and you'll be able to pay, take care of your family, all that stuff. Just stop this house, all this, all this prosperity, just stop it right now. And I promise you, I won't harass you anymore. He told me that. So clear. I never heard the enemy speak so clear. I stopped in the middle of the street. And I looked up and I said, no deals, no deals. You, so you know I'm there. You know I got you. And for the first time in my life, a confidence rose up in me. And I was like, if you actually try to cut a deal with me, you know that I'm on to something. I hope I'm speaking to y'all. You, you put a lot of pressure. You did a lot to break me, Jericho, what you said you went through with the depression. on you, yo, And now you're trying to cut a deal. Just leave this prosperity thing alone. That's exactly what he said. I'll leave you alone. I'll let your life be cool. But just leave this prosperity thing alone. And I said, no, no, no way. I'd rather sleep in the street for the rest of my life than cut this deal because you know I'm there. And it wasn't months after that. I got my first place and then my first house and then my second house and the things just kept going from there. But let me tell you something. I had to decide that what God promised me was mine is mine. Did I do it every way in every area of my life? No, but in that area I did. So the man you're sitting, and come and listen to every week and the person you call for counsel and all that because you see the prosperity of God in my life. I got four locations now that, that I, I'm responsible for and pay for without struggle every month. And my account keeps growing. And that's because of that moment that I said, no deal, no deal, deal or no deal, no deal. The promise promises that I'm not supposed to be struggling. I'm not supposed to be poverty stricken. I'm not supposed to be barely getting by. And no, 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 no. Even we were on welfare at the time and welfare threw us off. Everything that could go wrong went wrong because I took a stand. This is the promise of God and I shall have it. I hope I'm speaking to you today. I shall have it. It will not be taken from me. This is that gift from God to me and it shall not be taken. We want to get past has God really said. I didn't plan to preach today even more, but praise God. I, I knew you guys would inspire me to your conversation. Who else has something they want to share here? I think I saw Lindsay's hand up at one point. Yes, go ahead, Lindsay. Thank you, sir just so powerful what you shared. Um, I received that. I received that, that confidence to just say, okay, enough is enough. Um, just yesterday, um, God just led me to the scripture, uh, in Romans eight and it's Romans eight, 14 through 17. Um, but the one that spoke to me was 17. It says, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, 
heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order, we may also share in his glory. And I think for the first time after being saved 20 years, I was able to say yes to that co-heir in my spirit. It's like, I just, I don't know how to explain it, but as everyone was sharing is how high is free. For me, the manifestation of it has been limits being removed in my mind. And it's been coupled with deciding that I don't have to control or carry the remnants of shame and guilt because I got that freedom from if I fall, I don't fall headlong, but falling doesn't mean I'm a failure. And in my mind, in a lot of areas of my life, I have been a walking failure, trying to unfail in my actions versus just being free and moving forward and progressing and growing. And on the outside, people may never see the difference, but God has been showing me, okay, your motivation for what you're doing is what? Oh, okay. Oh, people see the difference. Do they? Okay. Now, I'm not talking about you. That's a promise of the scripture. Okay. You be exalted before your enemies. They will see the difference. When God blesses you, the world crowds around and they watches and they see. You, don't you see the differences in my life? You you know, you can, they can see it and they want it and they envy it. Blessed means happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Yes, they can see it. Everybody sees it when the hand of God is on you and he's blessing you. Everybody sees it. Even if they're not, I remember a time, like I said to you, Lindsay, people blessing you with compliments, but not with money. It's like, but still, even then, the compliments, they were paying you that you had to now change your interview and say, okay, compliments are cute. Pay me too. The servant is worthy of his hire. And then you start to see the money coming. But they see it. They're willing to pay for it if you believe you're worth it. It all comes back to your faith, what you expect, because the devil will then say that to you. Well, you know, he, well, you know, God, yeah, that's true. And God, and you, it ain't all about money. You just, you know, but you can be a blessing to people. Well, yeah, but you got to pay bills. And the scripture said the servant is worthy of his hire. And he says, you are not forsaken, nor are you begging bread. That's your promise. All of these are still, has God said, kind of statements that we got to kill one by one in our minds. That God wants us to just do it for the, the goodness of, of, of mankind. Well, all the people in the Bible who, who obeyed him and did it from the goodness of mankind or whatever, he prospered. It's recorded in his word. He prospered them drastically. So, yeah, they see it. Yeah, they see it. What you got, Doc? <laughs> I got difficulties. <laughs> yeah. You know how difficult it is to drive and listen to what's happening here in my car? Oh, my God. I've been trying to find a place to pull over. But um, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is awesome. This is totally straight from the heart of God for me, okay? Um, so very quickly, let me see how high is free. I'm not where my notes are, but this is what it came to my while, while I was driving here. How high is free where I knew that I, I knew that, like you said, it was a, it was, it became a cliche phrase, you know, but I, but I knew how important it was to, um, um, you know, confess those things, say those things that are, you know, as though they are, you know, 
as they, whatever, you know. And so I knew how important it was to keep confessing the word. But I also realized in, in many areas of my life that I wasn't free according to what it looked like in the word, what it should look like. So I yeah. had to accept the fact that my spirit understood the free, but my mind had not lined up. So it was more mental ascent about being free. And so, you know, and so in this, in this series that you're teaching, you know, to challenge that, that, that thought, because obviously this is a time that God don't want me to stay there. It's a time now to move on, you know, to move in, to accept that, you know, so how, how high is free has been powerful. Um, the next thing is the difference between make free and set free to explain. I knew it was, it was important to use um, make free because that's what the original word said, I believe. But the, the difference between the make and the set that you taught was mind blowing. Okay. Um, so daily, what I'm doing now is sewing up. Oh my God, remembering. You know, we know we get up in the morning, you, you put your hand, you're the, you're the life in the hands of God and so forth. But uh, to be aware and conscious to sew up before you try to sew into anybody else's life. Mm. To do anything for anybody, so up first. Otherwise, there's a greater chance that you're giving people op opinions and ideas and not the word of God that, that people need. Amen? Amen. Um, I'm, I'm not finishing that. You shouldn't open the mic. Okay. Go for Figur it. Go for it. <laughs> figurative, <laughs> figuratively, literally, and spiritually. When I first got saved, I didn't kind of like, um, I say I'm slow. I'm a slow learner. When I get it, though, I got it. So when I, when I got the word, I took it every kind of way, figuratively, you know, like for instance, if God said it's time to purge, I would purge. I think I saw my sister's name on the line, but I would purge everything. I would purge my clothes. I would purge my, my furniture, my, whatever it is that I felt like I was lusting after, had a lusting at. So I purged as well as spiritually. So I took it. So when somebody say the difference between the, uh, what you, what you opened up with, you know, the fall and the. And the stumble, I took it all. I figured you can't go wrong when you're following God. Because if you're wrong, he's going to come and get you. If you go too far out there, he's coming to get you because he knows your heart. Amen? And Amen. then um, don't look back. So I asked the Lord, well, Lord, how am I, how am I going to get this, this, this free from this vexing of these thoughts that I've been having all these years? And it's been years. And, and, and being open in this season to this, to this series, I could hear and understood now what God said. Just don't look back. Don't look back. That's all he said. Well, don't look back. And connecting it with this word, oh my God, the peace, the peace, and the enemy stepping up trying to take that peace. I'm like, no, no, no. I got this now. I, I got this. I got some ways to go. Amen. I got some ways to go. Okay. But I got this. And then the last thing I wanted to say is um, when people said, um, whoever gave that testimony just now, I couldn't see your face because I was driving. But when when you say daily. When, when, when people tell you, well, you, you said the word about people fixing the word to fix their situation when they don't see the word come to pass in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I've had that teaching and, and I would go to spiritual leaders and say, well, if the Bible says this, then why, why can't I expect so-and-so? Oh, Vanya, that's no longer, you know, da, da, da. that went out with the apostles or that went out when Jesus died or that, da, da, da. all those things are saying, but so what other part of the Bible do I, um, not pay attention to anymore. I mean, what, what, what we got to do? He said divine healing. He, you know, healing, what we do? Tell them pages out, the, out of the word? What, what do we do with that? So I chose to just keep believing and keep pushing in spite of losing friends, in spite of losing, you know, looking crazy or whatever. I said, but 
I'm going to trust in this word completely. They will say, well, well, sister wise, uh, God got better things to do to help you find your keys and help you decide what you're going to wear today wow. and help you. And I said to them, I said, well, well, where do I draw the line? God said he's concerned about every area of my life. So where do I draw the line? I'm confused. Right. right? So right. I'm going to pick this person to be in my life when God, I, I'm confused. I said, no. So I'm going to just lean on him. I'm going to just keep leaning. So anyway, this, this is amazing. Thank you for opening up the mic because this is power. This is what I need. I'm a slow learner, but when I get it, I got it. Amen. Stop, stop speaking that you're a slow learner for starters. Amen. I, that's right. I, I, I thank you for correcting me. Thank you for correcting me. But one last thing. Could you also speak on, um, was it Jesus that said that we would not be exempt from trials and tribulations in this world? But that, that he has overcome. So when you talk right. about that falling and, and stuff like that, and then I'm done. Unless you call me back in. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> she went in. She went in. <laughs> I knew you pulled over because the first time you came, I could see you were driving. And when I saw you this time, I said, oh, she done pulled over. She ready to go. That's why I said, okay, what you got? I, I, <laughs> listen, let me say. In this world, he said, there's tribulations. I don't, the part, you're not exempt. That's, that's a, you're paraphrasing there. Um, we are not exempt from the world being the world, just like we're not exempt from the world turning, just like we're not above gravity. His promise is he's an overcomer, so we overcome them. Be of good cheer. I, basically, what he's saying in my mind is this. Anybody who's come to me in the church in the past, I've done it. And anybody in the future comes to me and says, I want to invest in real estate or I want to invest in stocks and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't know what to do. And my cousin did it and, and to my friend and he stole all his money, especially these people that's all getting into the Bitcoin. I'm not against Bitcoin, but I've seen a lot of people get totally ripped off trying to invest in somebody who's invested in it that don't know nothing about. They just trying to get their money. And I can say to people, be a good chair. I've done that. I know how it works. I know where you should invest and I know where you should not. And don't get yourself caught up in that. And I can walk you through the process because I've been there. Jesus is saying in the world is tribulation. Absolutely. It's risky. There's some things going on, some bad stuff. But don't you worry about that. I've overcome it. I know the way out. I know the route. I know the escapes. I know how to avoid the pitfalls. I know how to get you to where I called you to be. So that's what he's saying. It, what's in the world is here. It ain't going nowhere. And you can fall into it just like anybody else. But if you follow me and you trust me and delight in me, then the, the misfortunes and the calamities that go to the unrighteous will go to them. And what belongs to you will come to you. But it's all about that belief and expectation. See, again, we sad with the stuff that you said you heard in church. I've heard that, too. You know, OK, you're, you're overdoing it now. baby. I mean, let's let's not let's not be ridiculous. You know, you know, I mean, God ain't going to help you find your keys. Right? And he's saying everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything. And so. I'm really at this point in my life challenged and then that next level in me of has God really said. And, and like you said, lose people. So be it. I'd rather be in a room of five people that really believe what God has said than a room of a hundred people that are half-hearted. 
you know, and, and that's the position I've taken in my life. It's cost in some ways, but the cost is not worth the benefit. Um, I mean, the, the, the benefit way exceeds the cost is what I want to say. Um, I've had this compromise always offered to me. You know, Jesus had it offered to him. I would give you all that you see if you just bow down and worship me. He even came to his Lord himself and said, all right, has God really said, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If God is really who he says he is, then why don't he do this for you? All this stuff. Then he comes back with his final offer. Bow down and worship me. Surrender your belief in the God that you believe in. And I'll give you everything you want. Get thee behind me. Get thee behind me for it is written. You should worship God and God only. Serve God and God alone. To me, I've come to the realization many times in my life, and I say many times, because what you're learning today, how high is free, this is something that's going to keep unfolding as you grow. Every phase of my life I'm realizing is demanding me to stand against mediocrity one more time. Every time God calls you to a new level, it's going to demand that you stand against mediocrity in some area of your life. It's going to demand, you, demand that you make a drastic change from what you become comfortable with and live in. It's going to demand that of me. And I'm good with it. And I've figured at this age of my life, I got nothing else to lose. And, you know, the, the heavy thing is as much as it, people may talk about it, have their opinions and stuff, people don't understand that I walked away from almost everything I built to stop this, to go through this phase of my life. I walked away from everything I built and everything I believed in. Because my thing was, I'm getting married once and only once, and I'm never going to do this again. And I'm never going to have this happen to me and never going to do, 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 But in my opinion, and people may agree or disagree, it's not my problem. I came down to this decision. If you're not going with me where God has told me to go in this season, then I have to choose to go along. With whatever ridicule and whatever opinions and finger wagons and whatever comes with that. Nobody gets up and builds and buys and, and develops and spends and, and pays off homes and all this and then just gets up and leaves everything and takes his bag of clothes. Nobody does that unless they really believe they know that they got to go to the next level and where you are is not going to permit you to do so. Wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't a fun decision. It wasn't a decision that many nights I didn't wake up crying, feeling like a failure as, as a husband, a failure as a pastor, a failure as a leader, a failure, the devil telling me all of this stuff. Why do you think the depression came? But the reality came, what's more important to me? D, you said it to me yesterday. You said you said a long time ago, if this is what it takes for me to walk with God, and D been in my life over 20 years, she said, you said to me in the beginning, I'm going to do, she was around me when my son passed. That's when I met her and she and her son passed. I said, I'm going to walk with God. I don't care. Whatever the cost, I'm going to walk with God. 
And if you don't want to walk with me, then I'm going to leave you and I'm going to walk by myself. I am not living the rest of my life being cheated out the promises of God. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. Has God really said? Yes, he has. And I'm going to have everything that he says. And I'm not going to let anybody cheat me out of it, shame me out of it, embarrass me out of it, guilt me out of it, or compromise me out of it. Not going to do it. And I'm asking you not to. All the promises of God are yea and amen. And I'm going to have every one of them. Every one of them. I will not let them be stolen from me another day. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. God's blessings.